This Advent season, uh, we are actually gonna be preaching through a combination of song and scripture. Uh, And we've titled it Singing the Story or the Music Behind the Miracle. And we're gonna be looking, like Paul said, at these famous songs that for some reason we only tend to sing at Christmas time. They're actually really, really good songs. Um, But we're gonna be looking at these songs and the rich truth that they teach us through song because back in the day when a lot of these songs were written, um, this was how people learned theology. A lot of people weren't even literate when a lot of these songs were, were written, and so this was the way that the truth actually got into their hearts. And these songs are anchored in the word, like this song that we're about to sing, we're gonna sing O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and then I'm gonna read the birth of Jesus foretold uh, from Luke 1, where Gabriel comes to Mary. That song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, if you go through that song, there are 20 different places in scripture that this one song is anchored in, okay? So these songs are really anchored in the word and they're bringing the word to life. And so as we sing this song, uh, you are literally singing the gospel into your heart right now. Um, And like song, sometimes, I don't know about you, uh, songs like Baby Shark get stuck in my head. Uh, My hope is that this song and the truth of this song and the truth that's in this word would get stuck in your head this week, okay? So we're gonna sing one more song and then I'm gonna preach a little bit about this uh, birth of Jesus foretold.
stars and moms and dads. Today is the first Sunday of Advent. Some of you may have heard the word Advent before, but you're not quite sure what it means. Advent is the four weeks that leads us up to Christmas Day when we celebrate the birth of Jesus. And speaking of Christmas, I bet you all are getting really, really excited Maybe you have started your list already and you're thinking about that special toy or game or favorite book and you're imagining it being all wrapped up and under the tree on Christmas morning. But you know what the bummer is? You've got four weeks. You have to wait four weeks before you get to open those gifts. And it's really, really hard to wait when you're hoping for something that you want with all of your heart. Mary and Joseph, Jesus's mom and dad, they had to wait too. Mary was told by the angel Gabriel who her baby would be and what he would do. She wasn't just carrying the baby Jesus in her belly. She was carrying a promise a promise that was made hundreds and hundreds of years before. Israel had heard that promise that was made. They waited and waited for this promise to come true because they wanted this baby who would grow up to be a king to rescue them. In the Old Testament, there's a book called Isaiah, and it's written by the prophet Isaiah. In chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, it tells us the promise that God made about this baby. It says, for a child will be born for us. A son will be given to us. He will be responsible for leading the people. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Power and peace will be in his kingdom. It will continue to grow. He will rule as king on David's throne and over David's kingdom. He will make it strong with justice and righteousness from now on and forever. This was the promise Mary was carrying in her belly, the promise of a king who would be with his people, who would make them strong, who would lead them with justice and righteousness. God told Isaiah that it would be his own son that would come to live among the people of the world, that his name would be Emmanuel, which means God with us. He would be a great king, but not like the kings anyone had ever known before. This king would be poor and would be a servant for all. Does that sound like a king to you? It doesn't sound like any king you might have ever read about or heard about, but God promised that his son would rule as king forever. God planned a long, long time ago to send his son to rescue the world, and he would do it with a little baby. Israel wanted more than anything to have the promised gift of a king. 
And they waited a really, really long time. But you know what? For us, the king is already here. Jesus has come and wants to rescue everyone in the whole wide world. Jesus wants everyone to know him and know how much he loves them. And this is good news. And it's news that we need to tell everywhere we go. During this Advent season, I want you to carry the promise with you. And I want you to share it. There are lots of people who need to know how much they're loved by Jesus. So, I want you to think about someone who might need to hear the good news. And then, I want you to go and tell them. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for writing this love letter so that we can know you and know your love. Thank you for sending your son to live a perfect life and die for our sins so that we can be close to you. Help us to see the people who need to hear your good news. We love you, Lord. Amen. All right, this is from Luke chapter 1, uh, verses 22 to 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town of Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting might this be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. And he will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Let me pray. Lord, uh, guide us now. Teach us uh, as we open your word, open our hearts uh, for it, uh, and put that seed of truth deep in us uh, and water it now, we pray in your name. Amen. So that song that we just sang, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, and this passage that I just read Really, uh, they frame for us this entire season uh, of Advent because they speak to something, both those song and the passage speak to something that all of us as human beings experience. And it's something that human beings, whether you're little or whether you're old, we all experience this and we've been experiencing this, the Bible says, since the Garden of Eden, okay? Since creation, since the fall where Adam and Eve ate of that apple, and that's this. We all experience waiting with the longing for all that's wrong in the world to be made right, right? For a time where there's no more sin, where there's no more death, where there's no more sorrow, where there's no more COVID, 
No more sickness, no more pandemic, no more not going to school, no more all the things, right? We long for that and we're waiting for that. The scripture says that it's more than just for right here and right now. We long and we were made to be face to face with God, right? That's what Emmanuel, O come, O come, Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. I was made to be face to face with God. To be in a time where all things are new, to have Eden restored, right? And scripture teaches us, and this song displays that that is, and I'm, I'm telling you little people something. If I could get this to go true in your heart, it, it would save you so much pain in your life. If you would believe that that is the deepest longing of your heart. That all the desire that you have really is about being face to face with Jesus, Okay? And so in hard times like we are in the season, we're acutely aware of that longing, that we're waiting for this redemption, right? But isn't it true that even in the best of our times, even when things are going great, we always still have this sense of there could be a little bit more, right? There's gotta be something more. There's gotta be something better out there. Well, that's what this song and this passage is trying to wake us up to in this story of Gabriel coming to Mary. So I, wanted, I want to talk about two things this morning through Mary's story here, okay? And obviously I've gotten the chance to preach over these stories many times over the years, and so it's always interesting to me when God takes me back into these stories, like what, what's going to bubble up? Is it stuff that just needs to be reminded, or is there something new? And I think there's a little bit of both here, so we'll see. But I want to I talk about two things. One is the mindset of waiting. So if you're a note taker, the mindset of waiting and then the second thing is maintaining the mindset, okay? So the mindset of waiting and then maintaining the mindset. First thing, the mindset of waiting. I wanna talk about what we see going on in Mary in this moment. And you can just write this. I, I'm, with little kids in the room, I'm gonna go like straight to the point and I probably won't illustrate a whole lot, right? The mindset of waiting, if you're going to wait well, this is absolutely essential. Mary displays this. I am a servant in a bigger story rather than the story is all about me. Okay? If I'm going to wait well, I have to embrace the reality that I am a servant in a bigger story rather than the story is all about me. When the story is all about me, I do not wait well, right? And that's what we see here. Mary embraces, this is God's will for my life and I am his servant. What does the scripture say there? She's a virgin, she's pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. And she's in Nazareth, right? So she's waiting to be married, she's engaged, she's got the ring on it, right? And she's planning the wedding and planning the reception. That was, that was quite a task in those days, like it is in these days. And all I want you to just think about is this. She had plans, okay? She had an idea of how her life was going to go, right? She's probably 13 to 15 years old. She's gonna get a husband. She's gonna be brought into a new home. This is, this is good for her, right? And it's into that plan that she has for her life, that she thinks is gonna happen, that season of anticipation of a change in her life, that this announcement from Gabriel comes. 
And this announcement for someone like Mary, who would have been a good Jewish girl, she would have understood, this announcement is, is the announcement that is attached to the promise that God gave all the way back in Genesis 3.15, where God says that there's gonna be an offspring to come of Adam and Eve that would crush the head of the serpent, one in the line of David, it says in scripture, right? What does it say here? She's a descendant of David. And it's into that plan that she had, into that next season of her life that was about to happen, that this announcement comes And Gabriel says, that promise that God made way back in the garden, that promise is coming to fulfillment and it's starting today. I'm fulfilling that promise now and Mary, you have a leading role in this story. And she chooses by faith, and I say by faith because faith, right? Scripture says faith is a gift. Faith is something God works in the heart of another person. It's not something we muster up. There is no reason Mary should respond like this, apart from the fact that God is working in her life right now. By faith, she embraces this is God's will for my life. I, I am, and it says there, greetings you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. We hear highly favored and we think of like, someone who plays favorites or like, oh, you're my favorite because of something you did. What it means there is it's not that she was highly favored because of anything she did. She was highly favored because God had chose her. He had set his gaze on her, his affection on her and said, you're the one. You're the one who I'm choosing to be a part of this plan. And appropriately so there, I mean, Gabriel has to tell her, don't be afraid, right? I always think that's funny when angels show up and tell people to not be afraid. It's like, what am I supposed to be? She's afraid. She's overwhelmed. And yes, the news coming to her was the most amazing news ever bestowed upon a woman in the history of the world. But we know this, that to be highly favored by God in this story was going to cost her. It was going to be scandalous for her. Think about the conversation with Joseph. Think about going and trying to explain to Joseph. Thankfully, an angel went to Joseph as well, right? Think about the conversation in the community. Mary suffered a lot because of this call, right? But she embraced it as God's will. And she said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait on the Lord. I am his servant. And I love this. I love it, and I love it that it was a 13 to 15-year-old girl because it's the gospel all in one little picture because Scripture says that God chooses the lowly things, the unlikely things, the foolish things, the weak things to display his power, and he's picking this little girl from Nazareth to do it. Think about your Bible. Moses, Joshua, Jonah, David, Even Zechariah, who's Elizabeth's husband here, who's one of the priests, these are all heroes in the Old Testament. And all of these men, all of these dudes, question God's choice of them, right? They even resisted God. Nah, I think you got the wrong guy. Nah, I don't think this is what I want. I got plans for my life, and they don't include what you're asking me to do, right? All those guys that I just listed, they actually... When God comes to them, they try to run from the call. And here's Mary. Yes, she questions how, but that was more a question of details. 
You know, Zachariah says when, when God comes to him and says, Elizabeth's gonna have a kid, he says, how can I be sure? Which is basically saying, is it, I'm not really sure you're telling the truth right now. Mary's just simply saying, how's this gonna happen? Tell me how it's gonna happen. Why? Because I'm the Lord's servant. That's what she says. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. She accepts it. It's like literally she moves through the five stages of of grief (laughs) all in one fell swoop. She goes from denial probably, (laughs) anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance like that, right? So the first thing, if we're gonna be those who wait well, the mindset of waiting is embracing whatever is going on in our lives, this is God's will for my life, right? This is the Lord's timing in my life. I'm the Lord's servant. And I'm not gonna trust in my own understanding, but I'm gonna trust in his promises in his word because no word from God will ever fail is what it says here. So that's the mindset of waiting. That's great, Dave, you say to me. How do I maintain the mindset, right? Because I don't know about you, I can kind of be locked in like, okay, yes, good, this is what the Lord's got for me. And then, I mean, I could give you details from yesterday about how I got completely fish hooked out of that mindset and into a different place. How do we maintain the mindset in the midst of waiting? Well, this is the, this is the new thing. I'm thankful for this because I, I don't think I, um, maybe this is just a new idea that the Lord wanted to teach me for me, but I'm gonna let you into what he taught me. There are two things, discernment and defense, okay? I'm gonna talk for a second about discernment and then I'm gonna talk about defense. You need discernment to maintain the mindset and you need a defense. First one is discernment. When Gabriel comes to her and he says, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. It says there in verse 29, she was greatly troubled at his words and wondered or actually one of the other translations says, and she tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. So Gabriel comes and announces, you know, you're highly favored, the Lord is with you, and she tries to discern. What's this about? I mean, just think about this. Let's, let's get into her shoes for a second. Her mind is racing. She is troubled. Another word there is she's perplexed. She's utterly confused. She's afraid. What does this mean? She's trying to figure it out. Have you ever been in a difficult time and you're trying to figure out what's going on, right? You're trying to discern the time. Like, have you ever felt sick and Googled your symptoms and by the end of 10 minutes thought, for sure I'm dying, right? Or have you ever sat in your own head when something was hard or you were greatly troubled or you were perplexed? Have you ever sat in your own head and let your thoughts run wild with all the possible scenarios about a certain situation until you're certain this is what's going on? Who's done that? Oh, come on, y'all, seriously? All right, right? When something is difficult, When you're greatly troubled, 
And this is where this gets really practical. This is not just history, y'all. This is teaching us about how we are to be before the Lord. When something is difficult, where do you go for discernment? About how to walk in the next steps. Where do you go for discernment about how to face what lays ahead of you? Where do you go to get the truth about the story that's being written? Where do you go? Well, Mary, this is what I love. This is God is at work here. Mary in her wonder and her trying to discern didn't wander away from the only authoritative source about what was going on, which was Gabriel, God through Gabriel, right? Mary continued to listen rather than retreat into her own discernment. It's subtle, but it's powerful, y'all. She, she wonders, she's perplexed, but she keeps her face right there, right? And Gabriel, although his answers in many ways do tell her what's about to happen, even though they don't explain a lot in the understandable sense, right? He basically lays it out for her, and she listens to him and lets his words guide her in that moment. She continued to listen for her discernment to the Lord rather than retreat into her own head, into her own heart by herself. Let me just say this, the flesh, our flesh, apart from the grace of God, always wants to listen to myself and to all the wrong voices. But the spirit, because you've been given a new spirit if you're in Christ, always invites me to listen to the Lord and to his thoughts which the Lord's given you the Holy Spirit and he said, I wanna remind you of all the truth. Let me teach you about what's going on and how to, how to walk in what's going on. So the first thing in maintaining the mindset of waiting is, is I need discernment and I don't get that for myself, I get it from the Lord. And the second thing is I need a defense and this is it. And then we'll sing a little bit more to close our time. And let me just say this, um, there are three essential ingredients in this passage and I'll let you go meditate on these by yourself. I won't say a lot. Um, but the defense is this. I, I don't wait alone. I can't wait well when I wait alone, right? Some of you play basketball, right? You guys know what the triangle offense is? You ever heard of this, the triangle offense? No? Okay. Won a lot of championships. Well, we're talking about the triangle defense here, all right? And it's this, the word, the Holy Spirit, and one another, we see all three of those things here in, the, in this passage, right? God's word coming to Mary, his promises where she says, may your word to me, these things that Gabriel is sharing, may your word to me be fulfilled and no word from God will ever fail is what the angel says to her, right? So she has God's word, his promises. And my question to you is, is do you know the promises of God to you? Have you heard them? Do you have them? Are they, are they in your hands, right? Because they're not just tickets to heaven, right? There's real horsepower in God's promises for right now. Scripture says you've been given everything you need for life and godliness, right? So God's word and then the Holy Spirit, right? Gabriel talks about the Holy Spirit. She says, he says here, don't be afraid, you've found favor. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You're to call him Jesus. She says, how's this gonna happen? She says, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be called the Son of God, okay? 
So the Holy Spirit's gonna be active in this, right? Well, we have promises and we have truth about the Holy Spirit for us as well, right? We actually have a really unique relationship with the Holy Spirit that I think you could argue, argue from scripture is even different than Mary's. It's not just an overshadowing, it's an indwelling. You are the temple of the living God, right? So we have the Holy Spirit, we have God's word, and then this, this thing in here, which if we had more time, we'd look at it, and that's Elizabeth. She has this relative who's gonna give birth to John the Baptist. She's already six months pregnant, and God is working through one of her relatives to bring the guy who's basically gonna announce the Messiah has come, John the Baptist. And what is Elizabeth? She's the gift of companionship in the middle of difficulty. God gives her a companion for the journey. God's word, God's Holy Spirit to apply his word to our hearts and teach us all truth and a companion. As we sit and we wait and we anticipate and we hope in this Advent season, in this incredibly challenging year of 2020 and 2021, because y'all, this ain't over yet. Would you consider that triangle? Would you, would you ask the Lord, Lord, what does my relationship with your word like, look like? Lord, do I even know what it means to listen to the Holy Spirit? Because I've been given this powerful thing called the Holy Spirit. And then what, who are my companions? Who are the people that God has given me for this journey? With discernment and a great defense, we can become and we are those who actually wait well for Jesus. All right, so let me pray for us and we'll sing a couple more songs. Lord, thank you. Um, we see in this beautiful passage um, your work in Mary's life. And this young girl who was in a very hard time uh, who then got called into a crazy journey of being the mother of Jesus. Um, thank you, Lord, uh, that we see clues in her life of your grace uh, and what it means to wait, um, to be those uh, who lean into what it means that we're a part uh, of a bigger story and we're just servants in that story. And would you help us be those who go to you for discernment, who go to your word for defense and your Holy Spirit, and who build the kind of relationships uh, that Mary and Elizabeth have uh, companions for the journey that we'd be those who wait well. We love you, Lord. Uh, thank you. Uh, it's so clear uh, that you love us, um, even in just the reality that you came uh, as a baby for us to do what we couldn't do for ourselves. In your name, amen.